Today in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, we have the extremely awesome Jeff Zwart. If you know your North American rallying history, if you are a lover of Porsches, if you're just fond of pretty amazing people, you probably know the name of Jeff Zwart. Heck, I can guarantee you, you have seen the TV commercials that he has shot for a variety of auto manufacturers and others. This is a man with a ridiculous number of talents. The one that we're speaking of in particular here involves going up the mountain. Pikes Peak, another playground of Jeff's. We recorded this on March 15th as the coronavirus was just entering our world in a hardcore manner. This was all about trying to get something in the can to use about two months after this recording when Pikes Peak was meant to get rolling. And so rather than edit this interview that's, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes down to shape it perfectly for today in late August, just left it as is. Conversation with Jeff talking about what's kicking off this weekend, driving a brand new Porsche 935. Uh, I just, can you tell I want to be Jeff? I want to be Jeff. My middle name's Jeff Jefferson. So I'm partway there. I'm jealous. I'm rarely a jealous guy, but I look at what our man, Mr. Zwart is doing, going up the mountain in a Porsche 935 and realize that, okay, he's absolutely winning at life if he wasn't already. So it's just a conversation with Jeff from many months back now, talking about the plans for Pikes Peak, how this came together, the vehicle and whatnot. And it's just a celebration. Pikes Peak is a celebration of everything we love about the automobile and competition. And in the class that he's in, there's only a couple of entries. But regardless, there are cars, there is competition. And I have to imagine he's going to fare well. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation with the delightful Mr. Zwart. All brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets, USA. Mr. Zwart, I tell you, it seems like amid the apocalypse, you and some very, very good friends decided, no, we need some positive news. We hope the late June Pikes Peak event goes off as scheduled. We're going to speak as if all is well and it will happen. And provided it does, (sighs) you have your name on a Porsche 935. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying you're winning at life. Um, Where shall we start here, brother? Knowing how many times you've been up that hill in delightful Porsches, this must stand out as a pretty amazing additional chapter. Uh, It really does. And it's kind of a culmination of a lot of things. And the the seed was planted last year a little bit. Um, As you may know, I've been coaching the uh, coaching for Porsche Motorsport for the GT4 club sport class. Yeah. We've had, you know, six to eight drivers each year um, competing there. And it's really been a fun process to kind of take a mountain that I'm so familiar with and, and kind of open it up to, you know, drivers with a lot of talent, but who have never been there before. So if anything, the last couple of years of coaching has kind of brought me closer to uh, knowing even more about the mountain that I, I never thought I knew about. It, it is funny, one section of the mountain, as I described it each day to 
the competitors, uh, I realized, you know, I actually am doing that part wrong. So, Ooh. so, uh, so it's been, it's been, uh, kind of a nice revelation, but you know, the other part that kind of hit me every year watching the, you know, my competitors that I've been coaching drive up the mountain, I thought I just need to get back here at least one year. And so last year I planted the seed with longtime sponsors of, uh, mobile one and, and Porsche motorsport, obviously, uh, had their blessing on it but with mobile one and then michelin i just said you know i really would like to come back and run a program that would be just a fun high level program but you know come here with a philosophy it's not about winning or losing it's just about kind of having a putting on a great show and giving me something that i've truly kind of desired to come back to is competing there so that's how it kind of all started so this looks like a rather fun collaboration between yourselves and the road scholars, uh, very, very beloved folks within the Porsche community. And I believe there's also just a, a longstanding uh, friend and associate of yours that helped make this happen with a rather coveted new Porsche 935. Granted, I'd love it if we were talking about a JLP uh, 935 or some other crazy Moby Dick uh, piece of history. But no, this is actually the latest and greatest and I would say among the beautifulest, if that's even a word, uh, from Porsche's storied history. Tell us about the car and the, the collaboration among the, the couple of, of families coming together here to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really is uh, what you say, and it, it was a very low production car. Um, it's you know there were originally going to be seventy of the nine thirty fives built, and then seven family members at, at Porsche also wanted them, so they decided instead of taking away from the seventy, which was about the seventieth anniversary, uh, they would add seven more to it. So there were actually seventy seven cars produced, and. And so naturally, as soon as I saw the debut of it at Rensport, I thought, how great a car this could be at, at Pikes Peak. And, you know, my history at Pikes Peak, uh, I've raced there 16 years in 12 different Porsches. And I, I like to tell different stories. I mean, in 2011, we took the GT2 RS and drove it from California, from Porsche Motorsport in California, drove it to Colorado, put numbers on it. Um, raced it up the mountain and set the production car record. So I kind of looked for, you know, with my background of advertising, I looked for that storytelling aspect of what I can do each year. Because, you know, I I um, love competing there and the competition is great, but I also, from an advertising background, I love telling stories. So this car obviously was going to be hard to come about. Uh, they're just, you know, there are only 70 really available worldwide. And while I tried to get one initially, I kind of backed away from it myself. And then when it was, you know, I guess revealed of who was getting cars and I had this long-term friendship and relationship with both Road Scholars and the Ingram family and Bob Ingram being such a wonderful Porsche ambassador, enthusiast, collector. He's kind of all things Porsche in a very special way and that he's he's just he's a good guy who loves the brand and loves collecting and and sharing his cars with the the world so it's fit quite well when i knew bob was getting a car for me to just mention to him you know that 
I would love to run one at Pikes Peak someday. And, and uh, he got on board and thought that was a great plan to uh, take his car that was coming in and, and then to kind of keep it in the family in a way to make it a Road Scholars kind of teamed up effort. So uh, we are with both Bob and with Road Scholars and Cam and his team there. And so that whole thing is kind of uh, combining together. And then when sponsors heard that I was going to run the 935, you know, it was just nice to put together a package that has been so good to me for so many years of, of Mobile One and Michelin and put it all in that one car. It'll be a really nice effort, but it'll feel like family. And I like that part of it. Speaking of parts that are liked, so the 935 is built on the Porsche 991 second generation chassis architecture. Already a really glorious thing, as we've seen not just uh, motor racing, sounds, just visuals. It works by itself. That vehicle is glory. Then you add. I don't even know how much length to the front and back real again, 935 visual language from history and the fine motor making plenty of power on its own. Well, we need not one turbo. We need two. <laughs> Tell me, Jeff, just thoughts about taking what is the base of a highly successful, highly accomplished chassis and drivetrain in getting yourself prepared for 700 plus horsepower uh, to go up a hill in, yeah, as you said, something that you're used to driving rare Porsches. I mean, you, you the videos of you in Porsche number one, that was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> but this too, as you said, uh, this is when you want to keep on the mountain. But boy, it looks like it's going to be a, a handful of fun. No, it really is. And, and it's interesting. It has some parallels with what um, happened in 2011 was that I had just, in 2010, I was kind of the first person to run a full road race-based car at Pikes Peak. I ran a GT3 Cup car, and I ran it in the dirt days there, and and we set a new record, but that chassis was so good that I drove with in 2010. It was kind of the first time we hadn't adapted a streetcar to racing at Pikes Peak. This was a road racing car that we kind of adapted to Pikes Peak, so suddenly I felt a bit like I was wearing the car. It was so um, magical the way when you sat in it, you know, sequential gearbox and full road race components to put it in Pikes Peak. It just felt absolutely right. And then obviously being in a, a normally aspirated car, you know, we at sea level where we had like 450 horsepower, we were finishing at the top of the mountain with like 285 horsepower. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, it really felt the altitude. Well, one year later, I'm in a GT2 RS with 600 horsepower, although it's a street car, and blasting up Pikes Peak, and I just, I'd never felt anything like that at Pikes Peak. I mean, it pulled clear to the summit like it had 600 horsepower. So coming out of those two years, I said, this is the perfect combination. I've got to take a cup car, put a turbo motor in it, and do that. So 2015, you know, we finally were able to win there with that package I'd tried two years before. And, but it proved itself that was just right. But yet it was something that we'd kind of took from every form of motorsport and put into one car. And it wasn't something that was purposely built, you know, in terms of from the factory. So when the GT2 Club Sport came along and the 935, 
they're both GT2 RSs underneath. They're basically a turnkey car, but put in the latest, greatest chassis, using the latest, greatest arrow, all that sort of thing. But it's still PDK. I mean, you have to put your foot on the brake to put it in gear. You know, there's so many kind of road-going familiarities in it, but it's a turnkey car. And when you think about that, this is a car that's been certified for the United States, for the world. It's done high-altitude testing. It's done cold-weather testing. It's done durability testing. All that stuff is a GT2 RS. Then you put that package of bodywork on there with the 935. It's kind of a super cool turnkey car and 700 horsepower, you know, should be delivered clear to the summit in it. And, you know, when I drove my last cup car, it probably had eight or 900 horsepower, but it still didn't run perfectly at altitude with all the things that we were combining to make it work. It just didn't run a hundred percent at Pike's Peak, but it was good enough to get the job done. But I'm looking forward to something that's turnkey, lots of horsepower in a probably one of the most developed road racing chassis in the world, being the GT3, you know, components that come out of that. And it will be a very interesting car that hopefully I won't have to think about too much about engine management and things like that there. Last question for you, Jeff. So in the planning of planning to plan annals, everything's going to go perfectly. Uh, you're <laughs> going to get to go up, blast up the hill. And again, this gorgeous, gorgeous car. Can't say that with complete assurity right now. What are your thoughts on how you and the team do your best to prepare knowing that we have a, a global pandemic uh, currently in motion, are you able to go test? Uh, what What's the, the preparation schedule like knowing that there could be some hiccups in those plans? Yeah, it's, you know, it, you literally, you know, a month ago we were all very excited, you know, just by all the prospects and everything. So naturally there's a, you know, difficult global situation going on right now so we're standing back and waiting to kind of see how it all plays out i mean the good news is this is a race car that's ready to go i would feel slightly uncomfortable if i was building something from ground up and you know halfway through the project and wondering if we'll actually have you know what the dates of pike speak will be or how this is all going to affect everything but i think that you know for me it's uh physically getting physically fit getting to a point where uh, we're convinced that our rollout and schedule into Pikes Peak would can be something we can depend on. We'll be testing at Willow Springs because this car is obviously a new setup and chassis and a lot more aero than I've driven with. So I want to get a lot of time of especially high speed stuff, uh, testing with it, really learn the capabilities of the car. And then just, you know, we hope for the best for motorsport in general, you know, obviously every, um, sanctioning body is faced with the same thing right now. And I just, you know, I'm first and foremost a motorsport fan and, and love the sport and want to see it uh, be able to showcase all the talents of the great people that are involved in it. So we hope that it all comes off that way. But I do hope to get testing in late April and get the car um, all graphicked up and looking great in May and be on the mountain in early June. So that's our goal. <laughs> 